When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, when you use the code DNVR at sign up, you'll receive some special offers like how a simple $5 bet on the Stanley Cup final will get you $100 in free bets. Win or lose, that's right, they're just giving it to you straight up $100 in free bets with your $5 bet on the Stanley Cup final. That's when you use code DNVR on DraftKings Sportsbook. I am your host, Patrick Lyons. Joining us today, as he does each and every week, host of the Drew Goodman podcast and the voice of the Colorado Rockies for AT&T Sportsnet. It's our good pal, Drew Goodman. What's going on, buddy? Not too much. Not too much. Just enjoying a day off in uh, Miami. So those are much needed, cherished, infrequent. So it's uh, it's been good. That's a good. It's a good place to have a day off. If, if you're ever to get one, That's yeah, my my Miami is good a uh, good place to have a day off. There's there's plenty to do, and uh, typically the weather is, you know, you're always going to get some rain. Playing golf this morning got some rain, kind of rained us out, but um, most of the time it's going to be sunny, hot. Um, so you know, mix in some pool, and it's not bad. Well, if we're talking about hot, we got to talk about. Our team, we got to talk about the Colorado Rockies. I mean, three-game sweep of the San Diego Padres coming off the heels of a sweep at the hands of the Guardians. We, we saw the Avs sweeping the Oilers. I mean, does Denver do anything other than get themselves involved in sweeps? The, the, the broom sales have gone through the roof here, it seems like, in the last few weeks. Yeah, I saw you mention that, um, I think, on social media. Uh, the the Guardian series, I thought, was very frustrating the Rockies pitched by and large well in that series. They just, they, you know, it was like many games we've seen, especially over the last six weeks, they, they can't hit, they can't hit the ball over the wall. I shouldn't say they can't hit. They just, they don't, they don't hit the ball over the wall. And then the weekend rolls around. They end up hitting eight home runs in, in the series, three Friday, three Saturday, a couple Sunday, a couple from guys who really needed home runs. Uh, Gritchick ends up with a couple of three-run home runs in the weekend. McMahon with a, a huge home run in the eighth inning on Saturday night. Elias Diaz, who's um, kind of moved into, a, at least last week he did, because Brian Servan was swinging it so well, he moved into a secondary role from a catching standpoint. He needed to you know, bust out. He had a big hit early in the game to drive in a run with two outs and then hit a home run. So there were there were a lot of positives offensively, certainly, that came out of that uh series against the Padres. I think all three of those guys that you mentioned, Grichuk, McMahon, Diaz, it all had it had been a month for all of those guys since they had last homered. So Grichuk was exactly on the one month anniversary. So it's you know, I, I, I think there's two reasons why they won. There there are two stats I look at at the series as for how they were able to come away with three wins. Eight home runs, zero errors. Is one stat more important than the other right now. I think I know which way you're leaning towards, but for me, I actually think the defense is the more important stat right now for them, even though we know the power very much so is, is lacking overall. 
That's an interesting question, Patrick, and, and I don't want to dismiss one or the other. They have to, in this day and age, you have to hit home runs. You really do, uh, especially if you play a course field. They have to score runs. You're not going to win many games, as we all know, two to one, three to two at, at course field. Uh, they, they needed to hit the ball over the ball uh, out of the ballpark. It's something they thought they addressed in the offseason. Now, granted, the biggest name they signed hasn't played very much, and, and we hope to get Chris Bryant back. Uh, next weekend in Minneapolis when they take on the Twins. But the the other aspect that was alarming is the one you alluded to, and that's the fact that they played uh, really poor defense the whole year, the worst I've ever seen in, in the time that I've been around the Rockies, which is most of their existence. And uh, they even in lean years, I said this to you before, Patrick, um, when we've discussed it the last couple of weeks, even in their lean years, and there have been plenty of years that, <laughs> where they where they lost more than they won. We understand that. And even in those years, typically they played good defense. You could count on them playing good defense. And you could also, most of those times, count on them at home scoring a lot of runs and hitting home runs. Uh, they were exciting, but not always good. And, and then this year, the last six weeks, they don't hit home runs, and they've played horrendous defense. So I understand where, where you're coming from there. Um, but uh, to say one was more important than another, uh, I think at the end of the day, they yes, they had to play better defense, but they needed to hit some some balls over the wall and, and eight of them in a weekend against a pitching staff that's really good. Uh, I thought I would lean this particular weekend. If you had to, if I had to make a choice, I would lean toward the, the number of home runs they hit against a quality pitching staff. San Diego now goes a full calendar year without winning a game at Coors Field. It's kind of strange how the Rockies just seemingly have their number. So that's that's kind of nice to, to knock them out of first place. Again, get some wins against teams above 500. Obviously, a lot of familiarity there uh, in the division with the Padres. It's one of those things where, I mean, we know San Diego is really talented. And they came into the series in first place by a half game over the Dodgers. And yet the Rockies always play the the Padres tough. And in seven of the last nine years, the Rockies have won the season series. Last year, I know they fell apart the last couple of months, but uh, you know the Rockies were eleven and eight against San Diego last year. Right now, they're five and two against the Padres. For whatever reason, they play well against San Diego. And I don't want to say for whatever reason because we know the Dodgers are really good. Uh, they typically don't play that well against L.A., right? Though this year in the first series of the season, they won two out of three. So hopefully that continues also. One of the areas that uh, reared its head, uh, unfortunately, I think it was at the beginning uh, of the Cleveland series, maybe it was uh, somehow last week when they are on the road, was was base running. There were some, some base running errors, um, you know, from, from a couple guys or, or just, you know, uh, maybe maybe lacking a little bit of aggression here and there, whatever it may be. And I heard a stat recently that uh, suggested that stolen bases are actually up across Major League Baseball from this point in the year as compared to last year. Right now, Colorado is uh, tied for dead last in Major League Baseball with 13. And you look at the roster and you actually say they're pretty 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 quick like they've got some fast guys or at least some players that you know aren't that lumbering and it, it could quietly be one of those areas or one of those elements that you know maybe if uh, if they get a little bit more of an improvement from that a few more stolen bases a few more threats whatever it may be you know who knows what uh, that does to well, moving the needle and maybe chris bryant helps 
do that a little bit more with the threat at the plate. Well, let's delve into that a little bit. Uh, you make an interesting point. And, and the stolen base for most teams has gone by the wayside. The, the, we're not watching the 80s version of the Cardinals or the 80s version of, of Kansas City. There are some teams that are aggressive. I thought Cleveland, one of those teams that kind of somewhat of a throwback because they know they're not going to hit many home runs. And they have an athletic team that runs well and it's not afraid to run. But you look at look at the Rockies and tell me who should steal bases. I, I'm gonna I, I'll ask you that and and tell and and kind of have a discussion from there. Maybe refute what you're saying. Who yeah, put me on the spot. I mean, again, do I? Garrett Hampson's the one true guy that you okay, say, but Garrett, right? And Garrett Hampson doesn't start every day, right? He's not and, starting. And, and to Garrett's credit, he swung the bat and he had it interrupted for a few days with the the COVID or it really wasn't COVID turned out just to be a stomach ailment, fortunately. Um, but um, Garrett's been swinging the bat much better of late, but he does not play every day. He, he probably plays on average every third day. And, That's about right. Yeah. And you, know, so you have to get on base and then there has to be, you know, a situation that calls for it. Um, but yeah, he's a guy certainly that, that can, that can steal a base. And his defense has been pretty good this year, especially in the infield. I mean, that's mostly where we've seen him in that short time. I've been pretty impressed. Uh, how about this? I'll continue answering your question, but here's something that's a bit strange to kind of flip it on its head. Do you know who leads the team in stolen bases right now? Because I wouldn't have guessed this. I just I mean, popped it up. I, it, it's how, I mean, nobody steals bases on the team. So, you know, Charlie Blackman has like two, I think, which may shock some people, and that may be the high water mark. Yeah, Connor Joe right now has three stolen bases. So you got two from Hampson, two from Blackman, as you said. Iglesias, two. Hilliard has two. He, of course, wasn't getting on base very much. Grichuk, you think maybe you could get a little bit more out of, like, Jonathan Daza. You know, top of the lineup, he's getting on base a lot. Haven't seen a stolen base out of him or or Brendan Rodgers. In, in the scouting world, those guys are solid average runners. And I know Grichuk sure. and Daza play center, and you think, oh, center fielder's got to be a super fast guy. They're not. They're not burners. They, they are, you know, athletic guys that get good jumps in the outfield. But Daza, if you look at his numbers in the minor leagues, they never suggested base stealer. Grichik, off the top of my head, has never really been a, a big base stealer. Brendan Rodgers is in the base stealer. Glacius has never been a base stealer. Uh, Chris Bryant runs well, especially underway. Uh, but you want him hitting the ball in the gap and, and – hitting it over the wall. He's going to be coming off his second, you know, back injury. The last thing I want him to do is get on first and, 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 you know, start stealing bases. Oh, uh, so it, you know, Charlie's going to be 36 in a couple of weeks, less than a couple of weeks. Connor Joe, you mentioned has three. He's not a flyer. They don't, they, they don't have guys who steal base Sam Hilliard's now in triple a and Sam be the first to tell you yeah he he probably he along with Hampson would be their best option to steal bases but you the old line is you can't steal first base right and and unfortunately Sam you know hadn't been getting on and he was a guy also not playing every day yeah yeah very true I mean I think overall by the by the time we get to the end of the season we'll probably see you know, Rogers and McMahon with their, you know, handful of their, their five stolen bases, whatever it may be, it'll, it'll get there. But the fact that we haven't seen it yet, you know, I, I don't know if there's something to that. It's, it's just certainly one of those strange things to, uh, to toss out there in general and learning that stolen bases, you know, are up at least at this point in the year. 
uh, as compared to last year. So, you know, maybe, maybe that does change a little bit. It's a long season bench is a little short as, as you mentioned. So I think you, you, you've got to prepare for that marathon, right? It's a situational thing for me. There are times where I'd like to see it. There's been some first and thirds lately. Cause I remember talking about it on the air, Patrick, that I would like to see the Rockies be more aggressive where I, where I really think that, there would have been a decision to make whether to throw through or not to get pretty good speed at third. There was one the other day where you had, I believe, Hampson at third and, and an above average runner at first. And, and the scoreboard dictated that you could run here would not be catastrophic. It wasn't like the Rockies were down by four runs. I think the Rockies were up a run or two and, and could really apply some pressure. It, for me, it's going to be more situational. I do think when Ezekiel Tovar eventually gets to Colorado, that is an element of his game reading into what he's done at the minor leagues. Will it be part of his big league game when he gets here? Yeah, he's got to figure out a way to to get on base and keep hitting like he's done. But he's the next guy that I could see going, okay, that, that's a guy that could be a double-digit base dealer because he profiles as an everyday guy. And he's going to have really young legs and apparently pretty good legs too. Well, you got me in, excited now talking about these these young guys coming up playing for the Rockies. So a couple of them here in the in the last week, Jake Bird and and Sean Bouchard. Uh, Bouchard still yet to get on the board with his first hit, drew a walk in his uh, first big league plate appearance. Jake Bird uh, has had nothing but one, two, three innings. I think two strikeouts under his belt. Uh, what have you seen from these two young men? Who, let's face it, we we all love those major league debuts. I'm actually working on an article. Uh, that should be coming out Monday evening, uh, all about debuts and and some former Rockies and their memories of their debuts, some more auspicious than others. But uh, it's been nice seeing those two guys get their day in the sun. I think the first thing that, and I'm with you, Patrick, I get excited when somebody makes their major league debut. You and I love the game uh, immensely. We realize how difficult it is for these guys to, you know, to be, as I like to say, the needle in the haystack that actually gets to uh play in a big league game. And, and, and I love Charlie Blackman. I'm going off on a tangent here, but I love Charlie Blackman's uh, humility in that when he was recently asked about eclipsing the 10 year mark of service time, he said, heck, I mean, it, it's amazing to just be able to play one day in the big leagues. And, and so to look back and see that, you know, that he's had 10 years, this is I'm paraphrasing his own words. It, it, it's really remarkable. So when a when a young man comes up, the first thing I will look at, I'm thrilled for them. And, and can they handle the the nervousness and the adrenaline? In the case of Jake Bird, he was awesome. I mean, he's made two appearances and, and Buddy's going to protect young pitchers and put them in, in a place where, you know, hopefully they can have success in the heartbeat, though it's going to be going 100 miles an hour, maybe slows down just a little bit because it's not like you're asking him to get a save against the Padres, you know, in a one run game. You're, you're putting him in a in a benign type of uh, environment, um, if there is such a thing in a major league game. And uh, he did well. He threw strikes. Number one, he threw strikes, threw quality strikes, and he got all six guys, as you said. In the case of Bouchard, I thought he showed patience in his first at bat, spit on some pitches that were borderline, earned a walk. Uh, he hit a couple of balls hard. He didn't have anything to show for it, again, as you pointed out. Uh, but I thought, uh, in looking at his numbers and in AAA, and, and there's some some power in there. I'm I'm intrigued about you know further views of, of Sean Bouchard. 
It also helped that the comp that Bud Black gave was Connor, Connor Joe-esque, right? Corner infield, corner outfield guy. And so anytime you're being compared to Connor Joe, you say, all right, hey, that's that's a good ball player to, to be like. We could use a couple more like that. I think every club could. So I like that. Yeah, and Patrick, one thing, and the beauty of the game, and, and you followed it for a long time, and I, I don't know if I can do this off the top of my head, but we always project. We're projecting in every sport. We projected football, basketball, hockey, basket, you know, baseball. This guy you know, is going to be this, or here's a comp for this guy. With a player that has not done it yet at the big league level, you have no idea. They may not achieve anywhere near the success that some experts feel that, you know, player A could achieve. And there's also the the other side of it. They may completely outdo whatever the prognostications were for that player. Yeah, I think he's going to be a, you know, fourth outfielder and then he becomes a perennial all-star. That's happened. So you don't know until the player goes and does it. And we know the, again, the other side of it, the, the amount of failure with guys that were really, you know, heralded through the draft and maybe even through their minor league careers. And, and it, it never blossomed to that level at the big league level. So, um, let's see how Bird does going forward. Let's see how Bouchard does going forward. And that's part of the fun uh, element of, of covering a team and, and being a fan of a team. Yeah, that's that's so true because I, I think back on Charlie Blackman and Corey Dickerson, how their careers kind of started around the same time. You know, Charlie had kind of gone up and down a little bit in 2011, 2012. And then 2013, they're kind of together around the same age. And while Corey Dickerson has had his you know really solid career, you know, hasn't had as many all-star game appearances, doesn't have the same cachet, you know, has bounced around from team to team. And, and so, you know, hasn't had the same career as the Charlie Blackman, even though they've started off at that same point. So you're right. You just, you never know. You've already won that lottery. You just don't know if, uh, if it's the, uh, the, the big one or, you know, a couple thousand bucks here, there, which you'll yeah. gladly take. Well, yeah. I mean, Patrick, you make a wonderful point. I was, I, I was, not doing a good job of like throwing a name out there, but Charlie Blackman's that guy. You go way back, and and I know that Danny Montgomery, and I know you've met Danny, and Danny's, uh, you know, vice president uh, for the Rockies, and he's been with the Rockies since their inception, and he and Billy Schmidt are tied at the at the hip. He's Billy's right hand guy, and he's a really good uh, uh, appraiser of talent, and he loved Charlie Blackman going way back to when he was at Georgia Tech, and the Rockies, as as we know, took him in the second round. So you can really love a guy and say, I think he's going to be a big leaguer. I think he's going to be a solid fourth outfielder. Um, nobody projected that Charlie Blackman would would become an all-time Rocky. There's no way. There's no way you're sitting here and slamming the gavel. Because if, if they thought that, he would have gone you know, in the high in the first round, right? I think what we learned from Charlie is you look at a guy and you say, okay, maybe this guy might not be a four-time all-star. But this guy with a gigantic beard and a mullet, does that guy become a four-time all-star? And then maybe you could have something. I think that's what Charlie helped yeah. unlock. There, there's other guys. <laughs> Theo Epstein's going to go to the Hall of Fame as, a, as an executive, right? As the orchestrator of the Boston Red Sox turnaround and won World Series titles in 04 and 07. He's going to, and then, he, and then the end of the 100-plus years, the curse of the billy goat whatever the heck that was in chicago right he's going to the hall of fame doesn't mean every move we we talk about this in the off season if you can bat 
better than 50-50. You're doing a really good job with your, your personnel moves. Well, DJ LeMahieu was, was traded to the Rockies with their other players involved. He's on record as saying, boy, I messed that one up, right? So you never know. They they picked – who did they pick? Ryan Terrio, and who was the other guy out of uh, – that the, they picked ahead of Mike Fontenot? In, in, they picked those two guys in front of DJ LeMayhew, right? Yeah, maybe Darwin he, Barney. That was that around the same time. Yeah, I think I think Dar- Yeah, good call, man. So you don't know. That's the fun part of it. You don't know who is the next DJ. Who is the next Charlie Blackman? Who you thought? Well, who's this guy? Is it Sean Bouchard? Four or five years from now, we go, man, Sean Bouchard. He wasn't on anybody's radar. What a player. Game one, game two, and now game three was off the charts at the DNVR bar down on the corner of Colfax in York. We are only open right now for Stanley Cup final games. The doors open three hours early. We are packing it out. If you're a member, you know you're going to get that member size beer. You also get price breaks on the tailgates and party buses that we have going on all year long. You get extra raffle tickets at those watch parties. And guess what? Look, if you're not in the area of Denver, if you can't get down to the bar, that's okay because you still get access to our members-only Discord where we talk about some things that we might not necessarily talk about on social media. You're also going to get all the great content covering the Broncos, Nuggets, Avs, Rockies, Rapids. We're doing it with Rams, Buffs. I'm sure I'm leaving out so much more than that. But you get all of those articles wide open, free access to all that, of course. And that's for 50 cents for your first month to the DNVR.com. And if you want an annual membership, hey, you actually get a free shirt from DNVR Locker. Avs fans that you're out there, whether you were at the watch party or not, guess what? You're home for Denver sports coverage. That's us. We're partnering with a leader in sports merchandise and collectibles. It's FOCO. Similar to Four Collins, but it's F-O-C-O. DNVR has teamed up with FOCO to secure your access to the best collectibles and gear around. Throw it back to 1996 with the newly released Joe Sackick Stanley Cup celebration bobble or find your random FOCO's other officially licensed Avalanche gear. And if the Avs lift the cup in 2022, which we all know they're going to do, you can keep the celebration going alongside your squad with exclusive championship collectibles and merch. But the fun doesn't stop there. Check out their gear and merch for other Denver sports teams, including the Rockies' new Rockies City Connect bobbleheads. Yeah, they've got that and more. Head on over to foco.com and use promo code DNVR so you can save 10% off your entire order. You don't have to be a member. You're listening to this podcast, and some of you aren't members yet, and that's okay. Still, save yourself 10% off foco.com. Same thing applies for Evaca TV. Go to evaca.tv slash DNVR. And for $25 per month plus receiver, your price gets locked in for two years. No worries about contracts. You get it all. Besides great college coverage of CSU Rams and Denver Pioneers, you get Nuggets, Avalanche, and yes, the Colorado Rockies. It's AT&T Sportsnet. It's Altitude Sports. It's even the DNVR Sports Channel. So you don't have to go over to YouTube. You'll get it streaming right there on Evaca TV. Go to evaca.tv slash DNVR and... As I teased, use code DNVR for $10 off your first three months. So now only $15 per month to start. Is the next DJ LeMayhew 
for the Colorado Rockies. On the pitching side, Ryan Feltner. He's going to get the start on Tuesday in Miami. Austin Gomer to the bullpen. Interesting choice there. But again, keeping all all six guys around because you, you just never know. It's a good problem to have, uh, to have six starters. But Feltner in the rotation, Gomber out. What was uh, your take on that one? Uh, Buddy wants to roll a five-man rotation. I think Buddy sees a lot of promise and a lot of upside with Ryan Feltner. I think that Ryan Feltner has accomplished and more than passed the test at AAA. So what is the point of having him make starts against, you know, Las Vegas and Reno? And that doesn't make a lot of sense right now. Gomber had not been great in three of his last four. I still think that the Rockies believe, I can't speak for them, but that, that they believe Gomber is a starting pitcher. And so it's for for a period of time, however long it will be, he's going to work out of the bullpen. I'm sure it's disappointing. It gives him some time to, to work on some things. But you need quality. You need depth that you alluded to. And I'm intrigued by Ryan Feltner. We've talked about him before. Clearly, Buddy is intrigued by Ryan Feltner. And... That's a guy, if you're a Rockies fan and you're looking forward and saying, all right, how, how are they going to build a, you know, a, a championship level team? It always starts with pitching and you're looking at Ryan Feltner and go, okay, this isn't just a back end guy. Potentially he can be better than that. And so I, I do want to see him pitch every fifth day right now. Um, so that, that's how I look at it. But I also like Austin Gomber. I think, I think Austin Gomber's made of the right stuff. I like his, you know, his pitch mix. And I, and I think he's a rotation guy, even if this is just a, a timeout and we'll see how long it, it lasts. That's a, that might be a, a bigger piece to this whole thing than anything that, that might need to be reminded to some people like first and foremost, Fellner deserves a spot in the rotation. Great. But maybe even bigger, Austin Gomber's future on this roster is still as a starting pitcher. Yes. He, you know, he was basically beaten out for a spot, as the fifth man, and so he's going to take a timeout. I mean, look, Kyle Freeland was sent down to the minor leagues in 2019 to figure out a couple things, and that was more because of what maybe he wasn't getting done than the fact that there was somebody else in the rotation who had really taken his spot. So in this case with Gomber, okay, this is a little blip on the radar, but you know he's he's going to be counted upon as as being a, a solid member of the rotation going forward. And if talking about the solid rotation of the outfield, as you alluded to. Chris Bryant coming back in Minnesota Tuesday. He starts a rehab assignment in one of his other favorite places. His first rehab assignment with the isotopes. He was in Utah, his second rehab assignment. Now he's in Las Vegas. It's kind of funny how those things end up working out. So uh, it, it'll be important to keep an eye on that. But the fact that he's even in those games is obviously a really good indicator of where he's at with his health. Yeah. And, and he feels like he doesn't need, you know, a, a ton of at-bats. He wants to take his at-bats at the big league level. Uh, so he'll get two or three games, eight to 12 ABs with Albuquerque. And, and then I'm sure Buddy in a perfect world will play him two of three games in Minnesota. That That's assuming everything goes well. And I talked to Chris the other day, and, I, and I'm sure you did as well, um, that he feels – pretty confident in the, in the back right now, but you can't, he also pointed out that a triple a AAA game is not a big league game doing drills, 
you know, taking BP, even a simulated game against high block, running the bases, doing all of the baseball activities, it's not the same as there's 35,000 people in the seats and now you're facing, uh, you know, a guy who's really trying to get you out you know, at, at, at the big league level. It, it's different. And because everything's ratcheted up, it, it's a different stress on the body. Uh, but he feels like, you know, he's taken enough time. He's really rehabbed this thing and, and that he's good to go. And, and I'm excited about seeing him play again. Um, I do think that, you know, Buddy will be cautious, you know, in, initially. It's not like he's going to run him out there every single day. Uh, but uh, as we were discussing, it'll be good to see him in, in Minnesota. Yeah, two out of three days. And that could be the way for, for the homestand. They got the Dodgers and Diamondbacks coming to town after that. I mean, no, that's that's over a week away. But you look ahead on the calendar sometimes at, at those kind of things, uh, as it were. You know me, Patrick. I did not know. You always are get, I That's why I read your stuff. That's why I listen to you because you, I, I can always steal tidbits. I, I look pretty much day to day and who the next series is. So I know on this road trip, obviously, I'm in Miami. So I know that the Rockies are playing the Marlins. I know that from here we go to Minneapolis. I did not look till the next week. I did not know it was uh, the – I don't even know. Is it Arizona and L.A. or is it L.A. and Arizona? L.A. and then Arizona. There you, yeah. there you go. There you go. And look, I, I, I stay on the ball. Like you said, I, I, I look day to day. I look in the past. I look in the future. And it, it, we're right in the middle here uh, of, of Drew Goodman podcasts. I, I don't know who you've got. This week coming up, if it's a secret just yet, but I know last week, last Thursday, only a couple of days ago, I uh, dropped a, a great interview with Walt Weiss. Always great hearing him. Always great getting hearing new things that I, I hadn't realized. You know, he wins a World Series. And you go, yeah, he had a parade. That's sure great. It's actually the first parade he's been a part of. Not his first ring, but his first parade. And he talks about that briefly, and that was something I didn't know. You, you dust off a, a, a great pearl of wisdom that Clint Hurdle used to say. All the time, essentially, media's job is to second guess. His job is to first guess. And so it's it's a master class, the Drew Goodman podcast. I always love listening. I always get something out of it, a multiple things. So that was that was a good one last week with Walt. Yeah, I had fun with that one. I appreciate um, th those sentiments. But um, I, I Walt, Walt's a friend, and I enjoy – conversing with him he makes me laugh i've always said he's pe people may not fully realize at home he's a really witty guy and guy of great humility uh tough guy i mean he embodies a lot of the things that and i really hope he gets another opportunity he deserves to be a manager in the big leagues and i and i hope that opportunity comes down the pike uh you know next year if there's if there's positions open because he's good he really, he really is, and he learned a lot from um, managing initially at, at Coors Field and the Rockies, a team he you know, still has great affection for. And he's learned a lot being in Atlanta and being next to Snitker and, and uh, being around that environment again because we all know he played uh, for them. But there's some great stories in there. Uh, one of my favorite parts of that is, and people have to go back and listen, his overrated list, which he's been toting around for like 30 years because, you know, players have a lot of idle time. And um, I, I was thrilled to uh, be able to contribute. Right. Uh, that was, yep. that, was that, that made my week. 
That was good. The ball launcher. So you you had the product name. You were able to figure it out. Chuck it. Dogs. Chuck, Chuck it. it. AKA yeah. a ball launcher is is like that's like the universal term. Like if is, that what, it, is that what it is? Okay. So I didn't even know that. So I came up with one for another useless item, and okay. so this may not be overrated. This is just a useless item. What you got? It's straight up useless. And I don't know. People don't really use them anymore. So maybe it's the rating is just right. Do you remember maybe early nineties? Aluminum can crushers. <laughs> you put an aluminum can inside this device. It was almost like a, it's kind of like a shape of a C, not exactly. And then you pull this lever on the top, and it would crush the can down, nice and compact. Do you ever remember anything like that? Vaguely. Um, so, so it was like your own. You ever gone by the, uh, you know, the the, the car, the, the place where they where they demo cars that are no longer going to yeah. be you know they're done the car's life is over and they smash them into like a tiny little uh piece of metal which will better allow them to either recycle it or bury it or whatever the hell they do with those uh things so the that's the same thing with the yeah you know i run out of room in my recycle bin sometimes so maybe i need to search the internet and come up with the aluminum can crusher Maybe it's not such an irrelevant item or overrated item. That's a, I mean, that's a great point, right? Because you only have so much space. And if you want to get a larger one, the city might charge you more. And so, you know, from the, the Ron Popeil and the makers of the, the George Foreman grill come the Drew Goodman aluminum can crusher. Let's go with this. All right. Should, are we going to Shark Tank? Are we going all the way, Drew? Um, if there's a buck to be made, I'm all ears, right? <laughs> And we can listen, you came up, we can share. I got no problem sharing. And we've got the commercial already because you see the can and there it is. It's empty and it's taking up so much space. And then you pull the lever. And then of course you hear, you won't see that one for long. Boom. It's there you go. It's it's now it's gone. It's been crushed. It's in your, your mm. recycling can. That's it. Yeah. We're, we're marrying it to some guy's broadcast line. Yeah. Maybe this there's something. Has legs. All right, I'll, I'll text, I'll DM Mark Cuban. I imagine his DMs have to be open, right? He's he's probably looking some for something to do. It's the off season, right? Yeah, I haven't checked out the Shark Tank in a while. Cuban's still on there, right? I think so. Yeah, they just yeah. bring in new people once in a while just to kind of make it interesting. I wonder because they invest in all these. How do they keep track of all of the different investments they they've made? through the years on the shark tank with every little product. I, someone's got a spreadsheet somewhere. The world runs on spreadsheets. And I, and yeah. I love that. Do you got your guest for this week or is it going to be, uh... um, you know what? I, I plan on talking to Daniel Bard. Uh, we chatted on the plane and, and we're going to try to get together tomorrow. So there's a good chance that uh, Daniel Bard who's having an all-star first half, right, Patrick? Oh, definitely. Very much. So I look, he has, literally a light show that goes on. He lights up the radar gun. Can we officially make his nickname light show or the light show? I mean, that's, I, that sounds nice. No. Yeah. I mean, that's not bad. I, I've always, I, I'm trying to think back. I, I'm not somebody that, that sits up and, and go and tries to come up with nickname. And I'm not saying that's bad if somebody does, but I think the one that I, one of the ones I came up is for me, it's got to happen organically. And, and the one I, 
think of is when, remember when Seth Smith came up and you know during that 07 run and and he'd get to pinch hit late at night which is not normally the job of a really young inexperienced player with the game on the line that's the Jason Giambi's of the world later in their career or the Mark Sweeney's who made a wonderful career out of being you know that guy who could come off the bench against the you know a closer and you know hit one in the gap or maybe over the wall but Seth Smith kept doing it late and and it was always late in games breaking ties or you know, taking a deficit and turning it into a, a lead. And I said, I started calling him Mr. Late Night. Not that that's some clever thing, but it, somehow it stuck. And so he was Mr. Late Night. Um, I, I I don't have one for Daniel Bart. If you want to call him uh, the light show, yeah, I mean, he does. He light, he does light up a radar gun. But the one I say about him all the time, I'll probably mention this to him in the podcast this week, is um, he's, he's a guy that'll roll out of bed when he's 80 and he'll be able to throw 98. He just, he just, I've never seen him throw less than 97. It's always like 97 to 99 with an occasional triple digits. You never see 94s, right? Never. You don't go, Ooh, he looks like he's a little tired today. Everything's 97, 98, 98. Pretty wild. He's not 36 years old with the mileage of a 36 year old. He was sitting in a garage and so he's he's pristine. I I think you know despite his age, I think he still could have a, a good handful of years left in him because, you know he he hasn't been worn down like a typical thirty six year old reliever. So there's there's some potential there. Yeah, and I don't want to I don't want to say it's early to get into this because we're talking about we're rapidly approaching the end of end of June, and I know all good you know reporters and and hosts like yourself and and myself as well. You're going to delve into the the trade situation and you know what do you do and who do you dangle if for a lot of teams and and for the Rockies Daniel Bard at the end of the year is going to be a UFA he's going to be an unrestricted free agent and you probably could get you know something for him something you know a prospect or two for him that that's not just you know some down the road uh, or or fringy prospect, you could probably do better than that. You know, should they do that? You know, based on where the Rockies are right now, um, there's going to be questions attached to several players, but Daniel Bard is going to be one of those guys um, because teams are always looking and can you know teams in contention are always looking for you know late inning arms. No doubt, no doubt about it. With his ability as a closer, you know, obviously makes him you know that much more valuable. So. Make sure you have uh, downloaded and subscribed to the Drew Goodman podcast, one of the most valuable Rockies podcasts around, and just baseball podcasts in general. Great baseball podcast every Thursday. That's dropping. Make sure you're following on Twitter at Drew Goodman forty two. We still doing the cameo? We got to push that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I, every once in a while, I'm asked to do a cameo, and then I do a cameo. So yeah, we throw that out there. You know, we were we're trying to stay up to speed on on those Avalanche, also like you guys do at DNVR, and uh, so you know I you know I do my thing on on the Avs uh, also. But it's fun, it's a fun time right now. It's great to see the Rockies play well over the weekend. The Avalanche, that's where I'm going right now to to go watch Game Three and uh, go Avs go, and uh, and hopefully the Rockies can continue uh, playing well and swing it down here in Miami. There you have it. At Drew Goodman 42 and the Drew Goodman podcast each and every Thursday. Big shout out to 
two companies with the word green in the title. Athletic Greens, Green Mountain Dental Group. Well, look, I started with Athletic Greens because that's frankly how I start my day. Yeah, I take one scoop of 75 high-quality vitamins, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, minerals, and adaptogens. Put it in a little container of water. Cold water is the way to do it. Tastes delicious, and it gets me starting my day off the right way. It's a micro habit that gives me big benefits. It allows me to have some of that mental clarity and alertness even before I have my first cup of coffee. It's super great, super easy to do, easy to use. I, I, I really swear by it. And right now they're doing what they can to help you out when you go to athleticgreens.com slash ROC. That's the first three letters in Rockies. But head on over there so that Athletic Greens can hook you up with one free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D as well as five free travel packs with your purchase. So if you're on the road, guess what? You don't have to miss out on your 75 high-quality vitamins each and every morning with Athletic Greens. And you shouldn't go without those general checkups on your chompers. Teeth have to be on point, even if we're just talking about your heart health. Yes, there's a connection between poor dental care and plaque buildup on your heart. There's a relationship to all of those things. And Green Mountain Dental Group is going to make sure that you don't have any of those health issues. We've had so many members over the years make the permanent switch to Green Mountain Dental Group. And coolest part right now is they're hooking you up with a product I actually use myself. Get a cleaning x-ray and exam and you'll receive that free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. Super excited to also bring in on our show, friend of the pod, he was on once this offseason, long overdue, and boy, oh boy, did he cause a stir at Coors Field this weekend. Mac Wilcox of Purple Purple Row, you might also know him as, of course, Cormac Battle, but Mac, what's going on, buddy? <laughs> I'm, I'm great, man. I'm uh, stoked to be here. I appreciate you as always uh, helping me out, man. You were great on uh, Saturday, man. You were, a, you were a tremendous help for me through that ridiculous day that I had. <laughs> Um, I'll tag in from time to time, but for the most part, ju- I just want you to run in. Give give me the recap because, Mac, you got credentialed. I mean, I can remember my first day like it was yesterday. Not all the details, but for in a sure. weird way. I was living vicariously through you yesterday yeah. or Saturday. We, we were sitting next to each other, and I was just like kept looking over. I'm like, oh, he loves this thing. Oh, yeah, I remember the first time yeah. I saw that. It, it was just the shit as we like to say yeah so what what what, what was going on what went through no, your head it's literally exactly the, that. Box, the whole thing it's a whole thing man it was just it was such a great time everyone was so sweet obviously you were great uh i can't say enough about sam bradfield man she is just the absolute best editor-in-chief of purple road i couldn't do anything without her she was so helpful the whole way made sure i was taken care of all y'all man you know danielle at the gazette and thomas harding and patrick saunders it was just it was like a, a camaraderie that like anybody could walk into you know what i mean and just the the feeling of being there, you know what I mean? I've only been writing for Purple Row for about a year and a half now. And, you know, in that time, I've obviously gotten a chance to work with a lot of really, really great people. Um, but this is just kind of the culmination of that. You know what I mean? Like, this is something I really wanted to do for a long time. And so just getting to be there with all of you guys and getting to be with the pros, you know what I mean? Like, to, like you said, like, just kind of, I had this, like, out of, I was just telling somebody earlier today, I had this, like, out of body moment in, like, the third inning. And it wasn't even, like, right in the game started. It was just, like, it was, like, midway through the game. There was like a runner on and I'm just kind of right working on this game recap. And I just had this like moment where I'm like looking over and I'm like, you're to my left. Sam's right behind me. 
Um, you know, I'm looking down the line, there's Thomas and there's Danielle and there's Patrick. And then up behind me, it's like, there's Jenny Kavnar and Jeff Houston and the official MLB score. And I'm looking over Coors Field and I'm watching the plays unfold in front of me. And I got my laptop open, like my water bottle to my right. And I was just like, man, like, this just feels like the right spot to be, you know what I mean? So, uh, this is obviously like the very first step. Um, there's a lot of work to be done and, and a lot of work I want to continue to do, but yeah, it was definitely just kind of like that, like arrival moment for me and like yeah i was like a little kid man everything was so different uh the players were great obviously they were so accommodating they let me ask some you know questions of them that i think uh they were really really great about answering um and you were there like right away right right as soon as the doors opened up you're Mm -hmm. like okay i got the 26 man roster let's see i'm you yeah, were you totally. were like ash. You were trying to catch them all. And I feel like <laughs> yeah. you, I feel like you were in the twenties. I think you the got game a lot. plan. It was a lot. Yeah, the game plan walking <laughs> in that day was like talking to two or three guys if they were available. And like, I got like ten interviews before I was like, okay, wait, what's happening? Like, I, like it just kind of <laughs> became automatic. You know what I mean? Like the first one, my very first interview, which you know now is etched in my own little mind, is like talking to Brendan Rogers. And I walked up and I was all worried. I was like, hey, Brendan, do you have a second? Of course, he's great. You know what I mean? He was like, yeah, man, whatever you need. You know, we had a conversation about his season, how he's doing, his career and all that. And then Chad Cool came over, talked to him, Charlie Blackman, Kyle Freeland, Chris Bryan, Julius Chassin, Brian Servant. All of a sudden, it's like, whoa, like 45 minutes have passed. You know what I mean? And you're just like, oh, okay. And you look down at your phone and it's like, here's all these notes. And there's all these quotes that I've taken. And I was like, okay, that, that wasn't so bad, actually. You know what I mean? Like, that was actually a halfway decent, you know, little introduction. Then, of course, we go and talk to Bud Black, which was its own, its own escapade, as you know better than anybody. Yes. So <laughs> that, that's, again, we all know how great Bud Black is, and, and Drew Goodman says this plenty of times. Like, if you ever, ever meet someone that's like, eh, Bud Black, I don't know about that guy. You're like, what's mm-hmm. wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Because he's just a genuinely – a really good dude who cares about folks. And whenever somebody new comes in, at least that's, that's, you know, uh, a journalist media, uh, a writing press, I should say, because sometimes TV people will come in kind of randomly on the holidays and they're just sure. in and out, but it's sure. like, Hey, no, 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 this, this person is probably going to be here a bunch. So let's get to know them. And so, yeah, you, you had your moment. Hey, but uh, this is Mac. And so as he typically does, he says, all right, Give me a 60 second rundown. And then it proceeded to be good five, six minutes. I know for yeah. you, it felt more like 15 minutes, it felt like an hour but it was week. a while. Was you, so you got put over big time. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously it was great, but like in that moment, you know, it was, it was pretty wild. Cause you know, Bud asked me about myself and I just kind of told him, you know, my deal, I've been here for however many years. I've been working for purple row for a minute. I'm a musician. I'm a wrestler. And of course they really latched onto that wrestler thing. They slammed on the brakes, screech, (laughs) go back a second there. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about that. And yeah, that was wonderful. It was cool. It was so wild. That's the only word I can use is like wild. Cause bud, like, you know what I mean? He wanted to know about the circuit and what promotions are around town and you know, who you've been wrestling. Can I see your, what's your character? I was like, Oh, I'm a marching band guy. He goes, Oh, what's your name? I said, Oh, Cormac Battle. He said, show me some pictures. I said, not right now. He goes, yeah, right now. Get your phone out. Let me see the pictures. I said, okay, sure. You know what I mean? And I was showing them all the other guys. And uh, actually, Jeff Houston came up, and he had one of the uh, more interesting connections I made. There's a camera operator for the Rockies who actually is a wrestler here in town as well. Shouts to Damon Ace if you're listening, which is pretty cool too. And so, yeah, man, Buddy was was super accommodating. He, uh, he really gave me the rundown when it came to just kind of talking about that wrestling bit and learning, like, 
you know, oh, you do the March Man thing? That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. You going to wrestle here soon? Oh, all right. All right. It's like, oh, man. Like, it was, <laughs> was so in. cool about it. He was great. You're making great. cities. Uh, we were talking babyface. He, like, mm-hmm. he was keeping it kayfabe. Like, mm-hmm. it was pretty he good. He was, brother. We came in for the post-game presser, and he comes and he goes, how's your first day, wrestler? And I was like, all right, man. Like, that's fine. I did not get that. I did not yeah. get how is my first. I've seen a couple of people not get how is the first day. So he, yeah. you had made a memorable uh, impression on him. That's so I hope cool. so, man. I, uh, yeah, I had a, a such a, I just like, you know, I know we got to stuff top up, but man, like, I just can't thank everybody enough. Every single person. I thought about doing like a ridiculously long Twitter post to just like tag everybody, but that's not like feasible. So just like every single person involved that you, obviously Sam, everyone involved with the Rockies, everyone involved with Purple Row. Like it was such a great day. Um, obviously first of what I hope to be a lot more, many, many more. I want to keep doing it. I want to keep, uh, showing up and just kind of building the resume and, and get my skills up. But yeah, I, I was telling uh, my buddy early today, like they pretty much could not possibly have gone any better for me than it did. I was really, really stoked to be there. They got a win. They were in the they city did get a, win, a late win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. It was first, first win in the city connect. So it was great. Last piece. Just look, just standing there, standing yeah. on the dirt at mm-hmm. Coors field, watching batting practice, all that. What, what was that moment too? just kind of, soaking that in empty stadium except you and the players it was it was really like you know you know what i thought it was my dad actually like that was the moment i thought my dad more than anything just because like he is the reason i like baseball at all you know i mean he introduced me as as happens to so many of us right like he showed me baseball when i was a young kid you know we lived in chicago used to go to cubs and white Sox game and take the train down to catch some cardinals games at old bush stadium and i just remember like you know man, this is so wild. Like 25, however many years later, like I'm standing here in a major league baseball dugout, walking up onto a major league baseball field, you know, after having conversations with major league baseball players, going to talk to managers and like, just, you know, commiserating with media, like this is kind of the culmination of all that. Um, and that was just, that's what I was thinking. Was, I was like, my dad was just like, man, like this is all, um, you know, this is only possible if you have something like that to show you what it's like and to show you like why you should care about this game. So he was geeked when I gave him a call later on. I, I called him the next day because we got out of there so late. But uh, I called him the next day, and he just wanted to know, like, every single individual detail. You know what I mean? Like, he was so excited. And he's, like, my biggest supporter, reads all my stuff. Um, my mom as well, both my parents, man. Like, they're just – they're the best. And uh, we're recording this, spoilers, a day after Father's Day. So, you know what I mean? Like, that's just um, – that's the biggest one for me was that that moment specifically of being on the field, like – if being in the press box was my, like, I've made it professionally moment, being on the field is my real, like, kind of emotional, personal moment. You know what I mean? That's wild. And you were even talking about your grandfather, too. There were a couple oh, things yeah. that came up. We're like, oh, yeah, my grandfather taught me this thing yep. and that. So it's, totally. again, and that, that, that was before. It's a day before Father's Day. And mm-hmm. so maybe it's on your mind. Maybe it's not. But it's just interesting how coincidental that can be. All those things kind of coming together sure. right there on that on that special day for you and in yeah. a big moment. And it was cool. We loved having you there. And you, we know you do a great job over there in Purple Row. We'll have to link one of your articles uh, sure. to this podcast. So wherever you're wa- listening to this, uh, look below so you can uh, check out a little bit more about our buddy, Mac Wilcox. He's uh, he's in the queue, man. He's in yeah. line. Look out. I'm, I'm going to do a lot more of those. That will That is not going to be the uh... – Last time y'all see me there this season, I'm trying to try and make it a pretty consistent habit for sure. Well, as we, as I said, you know, Rockies ended up getting a, a big win there. Hit, hit three home runs on Saturday night. No errors. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a team where when they play their best, you go, 
hey, this is this is a a potential postseason caliber club. How much did the three game sweep against the Padres? How much did that do for you coming off the heels of a, a three game sweep at the hands of the Guardians? Yep. Well, especially because the Guardian series, I think a lot of people would agree that that was a pretty ugly series in a lot of ways, right? Like the hitting didn't, you know, do what you wanted it to. The pitching was kind of up and down, but especially the errors, a lot of defensive miscues, even plays that weren't necessarily errors, but were just some of the, like I said, those defensive miscues, you see those plays sort of happen that you think back on later on when you're down a run or two in the ninth. And you're like, man, like if we gotten that out, you know, one pitch earlier, we avoid that, you know, extra base hit with scored run or whatever it might be. But like you said, like when the Rockies play, when the Rockies play clean baseball, when they do what we know this team is able to do, they look like a contender. And obviously, it's it's tough to say here we're in the middle of June. The Rockies are still a, a pretty um, solid number of games out of first place. But you know, in the combination, even taking the, just that one game on Saturday you, that you and I are at, you know what I mean? Herman Marquez pitches a very strong start, followed by some timely hitting with runners on base for home runs. It's it's just crazy to think that like the Dodgers are 15 games we're recording right now 15 games over 500 and they're like the best team in baseball like they're unbelievable no one can touch them all that right the Rockies for as terrible and bad as people are going to say they are or whatever they're seven games under 500 it's not like they're in the cellar right they're not no offense but they're not like the Pirates and they're not like the Tigers no offense like but it is sure. what it is right like it's sure. this is a team that you know definitely is not the upper upper echelon of that division but there is so much talent when they're locked in. I mean, that was a complete performance. Even the bullpen, like Daniel Bard and Alex Colome and Julius Chassin, and until he was hurt recently, Tyler Kinley, like these are guys that are absolutely shutting down the late innings for the Rockies. And there are definitely pieces and steps that they need to take in order to contend for the playoffs in the short term. But that series against the Padres showed that when they're on their A game, they can play with anybody. And in a 162-game season, one win is something. But three wins in a row, that's 10 wins in a row now they've beaten the Padres at home. That's not nothing. Yeah, it, it definitely highlights their potential. And that potential, obviously, is only going to increase with Chris Bryant set mm -hmm. to come back during the Minnesota series. We'll see what happens with you know Ezekiel Tovar maybe getting yeah. to, to dip his toe in the big league water uh, with or without Jose Iglesias. We'll see what happens with him yeah. at the trade deadline regardless. But that potential... Seems like it, it should be uh, uh, go a tick north with the return of Chris Bryant. Now, I hear Montero's on the big league team. You know, he's yeah. been for an opportunity, too. There's a lot of pieces right there. And he's got that power, which we know is what the Rockies are, are kind of lacking a little bit right Definitely. now and something that Buddy wants. So Montero could be that guy. Now, we'll see what happens in Miami. They start a three-game set on Tuesday. Early games, 440 on Tuesday and Wednesday. So we'll have post-game shows uh, after both of those live on YouTube on the DNVR Sports Channel. Thursday, also have a post-game show, but that's a 10-10 a.m. game. You might still be celebrating, quite possibly, after a four-game sweep of the Stanley Cup Final. Maybe it's a little too soon to, to dig into that. Uh, but uh, what has been your feeling on this series in Miami? Do they take two out of three? Are you happy with one? Because typically Rockies don't play terribly well in Miami. Yeah, I would be happy. I would be very happy if they were able to get to a three, of course. Uh, you get a winning series out of a team, like you just mentioned it, that they've really struggled against um, in their past. The Rockies, especially this season, after starting pretty solidly on the road, the Rockies have really struggled in recent series on the road. Um, so if they could get, you know, the bats going a little bit. Like, uh, the starting pitching on the road has not been bad, I would say. It's not been, not, you know, it's not quite 
what we would expect, like we said, like maybe a playoff caliber team, but the starting pitching has not been bad. It's more just getting that offense going on the road, which of course we talk a lot about that course hangover, maybe that rest day, right. Between the Sunday and Tuesday, having that Monday off to maybe get some at bats, um, do some BP before the um, series begins might be helpful. I believe the Rockies are going to duck uh, Sandy Alcantara in that series. I don't believe he'll be pitching. So that is uh, a, a win. Not that you want to shy away from competition, but you know, the guy with the, with the second best earned run average in baseball as we record today, it's probably better that they don't go ahead and play against him. So yeah. that'll be helpful. I would definitely consider two or three to be a huge victory for the Rockies. Um, and uh, while I don't think that, you know, that is something that they um, could consider like a, like, you know, huge, like grandstand success. I just think that it's those little things playing, even though the Marlins aren't necessarily a playoff team either. It's just like, Going into enemy territory, taking two of threes from a team that you've struggled against mightily in the last few seasons, it's got to be a huge win, obviously, for those guys. Winning series, like that's what it, what it boils down to, is just simply doing that. Yep. On Tuesday, you got Ryan Feltner now in the rotation, Gomber out against mm-hmm. uh, lefty Daniel Castano. On Wednesday, Chad Cool against Pablo Lopez. And on Thursday, Kyle Freeland against Braxton Garrett, battle of left-handers. And by that point... Kyle Freeland should be nice and recovered from going to game three in Tampa Bay on his private jet, not his private jet, but a private jet nonetheless. So uh, glad he's having a a good time. Two guys that, you know, we know fairly well here in in Colorado that I think had a good time seeing each other. And we were talking about this before we started recording that. I don't know that this blew up a ton on, on Twitter in the Rockies world, but Nolan Arenado and Trevor story, we're back together again, of course, Nolan with the St. Louis Cardinals and Trevor. They're hosting Nolan in Boston over the weekend. And I really just saw like one picture of them getting together and hugging. Look, we kind of saw that last year a little bit to a degree where Nolan first came back to Coors Field uh, and, and, and Story uh, in St. Louis. So we know they'd been together, but now officially seeing them separately like that is uh is strange and so i don't know I, i'm curious what your what was your take when uh you saw those guys back together wearing you know the rival uniforms that we almost a couple years ago would have guessed oh that could never happen or if it does that's a nightmare doesn't seem like it's the same nightmare we probably maybe all made it out to be originally sure yeah, you guys uh, tweeted that picture out at your uh, DMVR Rockies Twitter page. Great shot by, I think it's Craig Forty. It's a, it's really interesting. It's almost like, I don't know, like I guess it makes sense that they're taking it during BP, but it's kind of like a Renaissance painting. It's just the two of them with like all these open red seats behind them. You know what I mean? There's just very little. They're so clearly the, the subject of the shot. And I think you're right. I don't think it's as big a deal as it used to be. Of course, those kinds of wounds are going to be fresh for a lot of Rockies fans, especially you know, there's a lot of players that have left Colorado. We don't have to go into all that. We both know about it, right? Everyone listening to this knows about that. But like, I think it's it's one of those things you look back on and you can kind of remember fondly. Like, yeah, like there's a lot of great years with these two guys in Colorado. And sure, you know, would we prefer that they were probably still in purple pinstripes? Of course we do. But we just spent, you know, the last few minutes talking about, we just both named off like multiple prospects that are on their way. And how about that? Ellie Harris Montero is a third baseman. And Ezekiel Tovar is a shortstop. You know what I mean? And that's not to say in any way, shape, or form, am I saying that like the expectations of those two are the same as these two star, you know, all-star caliber players. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that like what we once thought, or maybe what people once thought was like the downfall of the Rockies organization from the top down, 
we look back on as you know a bummer to lose those guys but it's not like all is lost we can look at something like that we can look at a picture of those two guys fondly and remember all the great times and also continue to look to the future of the rockies from within they're not bereft of all prospects for all you know futures i mean shoot even right now jose iglesias is not doing bad you know what i mean jose iglesias has not been bad for the rockies in a one-year contract he's got one of the highest batting averages on the road not a lot of players on the rockies can say that they hit that well on the road over the last few seasons ryan mcmahon's doing his thing he's had an up and down season at third base but ryan mcmahon also signed an extension has made clear he wants to be here for the future and you know if the conversations that you and i have had with him which is a thing that i can say now uh, that you and I've had of them recently are, you know, to be believed. He believes that he can be somebody that is a legitimate contributor to the Rockies on offense and defense every single day at third base. And if not, like we said, Tovar and Montero, as well as other players in the Rockies farm system can come up and fill those spots as well. So that's my long way to way of saying that I think that that picture is poetic and really, you know, kind of nice to look at in a sort of fond way, but as a Rockies you know, fan first and foremost, I also look at it as like, that is the old and we are here in a new generation of Rockies, right? We have a new identity and a new team and we have to see how that's going to come together and form itself. And we're going to be okay. Yeah, right? we will be we're, okay. We're going to be that's okay. Right. I love how you tied that in. That's a great point is sort of like the more things change, the more they stay the same because sure. you got Tovar, you got Montero. We'll see, of course, if he does stick at third base versus right. moving over to first, whatever it may be. Right. But you're right. It's like uh, it, it, it almost makes me think I, maybe I have Jurassic Park on the brain. Brain, <laughs> you know, right? Jeff Goldblum, life uh, finds, finds a way. A way. That's and right. it's it's kind of right. found its way. You go, hey, look at that. They, they've got the replacement by hook or by crook. Is it luck? What, whatever you may call it. But there's always going to be those new players, you know, stepping up. And so. Uh, the Rockies will be all right, and uh, certainly after the deals that Arenado and Story have have gotten for themselves, they're going to be okay too. I mean, now they've they've got the kind of money where they they don't need to just look on the calendar and say, "Hey, this is when I'm going to see you." They just well, they're going to hang out at the All Star Game more than yep. likely a couple times over the next few years, uh, and then you know on vacation they can just buy an island uh, off the coast of Cancun or something like that and just <laughs> totally. just hang out there. Why not? Why not? That's exactly right. Yeah. It's obviously they've got a good relationship, so I'm glad to see them. Like at that at that point in that aspect, I'm glad to see that they're still able to stay the boys that they were here in Colorado. That's pretty cool, if nothing else. Yeah, uh, definitely, absolutely. Mac, uh, let them know where they can follow you on uh, social media. For sure. So you can hit me up at all social medias uh, conceivable, including TikTok, if you believe that. At Cormac Battle Pro, which is at C O R M A C Battle Pro. I you know talk a lot about obviously Rockies baseball and wrestling and music and all kinds of stuff like that. So hit me up anytime. I always love to talk to people. That's awesome. I'm at Patrick D lions on Twitter for all of our Rockies content at DNVR underscore Rockies. Mac, appreciate you coming on again. If you want to check out some of his work, go down to the podcast description. You'll see a link there for that. It's been great. It's been wonderful, but you know what they say about momentum. It's only as good as your next show. So we'll talk to you then.